You are listening to season four of Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast. I'm Kimberly Evans, and I'm so happy you are here. After planning events and working in the marketing industry with so many incredible clients and entrepreneurs for almost 20 years, along with personally experiencing hardship in life and business, I've discovered how powerful our mindset and purpose is in creating a life of joy and celebration while having a whole lot of fun along the way. Join me with a coffee or cocktail as I connect with inspiring leaders, entrepreneurs, tastemakers, and extraordinary people as they share their journey in life and business and how they are striving to live a life of purpose. Your fears and beliefs in yourself will be transformed as you work towards creating the best version of yourself from the inside out. You're in good company. Cheers to celebrating simple life. Today on Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast, I'm chatting with Kat Elizabeth. Kat is an actor turned copywriter and personal branding coach who believes branding is an inside job. Based in Australia, after her entire life fell apart in 2013, she decided to quit working in musical theater and start rebuilding from scratch. Fast forward seven years and she is now living her dream life on a mission to help other humans build profitable personal brands and to get paid doing what they love while making a positive impact on the world. Between her coaching and online courses, she teaches her clients how to increase their visibility, become known as the expert in their niche, and attracts an audience of clients prepared to pay for their expertise. Kat's also the host of the Personal Branding Project podcast. She is currently learning how to surf and could live on pizza for the rest of her life. Tune in as we talk all about coming into your own, using hardships as a stepping stone, and following your own path. Hello, how are you? I am so well, thank you. How are you? I'm well. I am so delighted to have you on the podcast today, all the way over in beautiful Australia. (laughs) It's my (laughs) pleasure. And yes, look, it's beautiful. It's also warm. I'm a little bit jealous of anyone in Canada right now enjoying a proper wintry Christmas, but you know, what can you do? Okay, well, the the feeling is mutual. I will be jealous right back at you because (laughs) my idea of a perfect Christmas would be no snow, but but yes, it is nice to have that picturesque four seasons of where we live and it is snowing right now and it looks Aww. very, very like much like a movie, Christmas movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. And see, and you get to wear the Christmas sweaters. Like we wear like Christmas swimmers here. Like it's. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was born in the wrong climate um, and was meant to be born in Australia. I've had the pleasure of um, being on the West coast of Australia in oh, Sydney nice. and Cairns and Oh my goodness. I felt like I was home. There was just, I absolutely loved it there. I mean, we were only there for like 10 days. So it was a super fast trip coming all the way from Canada, but oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Cannot wait to go back and take my kids. Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is a beautiful country. We're very lucky here. Love it. So I cannot wait to, I just want to dive right in here because you have such a fabulous story and I first was introduced to you um, by a mutual friend of ours, as well as you spoke at a virtual conference um, towards this in the spring, kind of just a few months in um, to this whole pandemic when (laughs) everything had to be (laughs) online. And I had the pleasure of hearing you speak at the Glow Getter Conference. Oh, right. Yeah, that is where I first, um, I knew that you were, friends with my friend, but I I had never heard, I had never heard of you before that and Mm -hmm. hadn't heard you speak and reading Mm -hmm. your background and your story. And then having you share in this virtual contact, the conference, I was hooked. You just are so captivating. And I immediately texted my friend and I was like, I need to get her on the podcast. (laughs) That is so lovely. Thank you. I was tuning into that one from quarantine in Sydney when we just got back to Australia from Canada. It was a very strange experience. (laughs) The beautiful Ashley who organized the conference like was like, is this time going to work? You're going to be awake at this time of day. I was like, yes, thank you. Let's do it. Totally. Yeah. It was such a fun online event. She did such a good job and I just absolutely loved hearing you speak in that. And so I'm so glad that 
now many months later, we can connect and I can have you on the show. So I would love for you to share with my listeners who maybe haven't had the pleasure of hearing your story and your background of how you got to where you are today. And it's a good one. And you share it so openly and honestly. And I think that's what I love most about hearing your story is that you're not afraid to just go deep and say it like it is. Um, yeah. And I think that that's so admirable. So let's hear it. What's your background? All right. Oh my goodness. It's a big one. I try and condense it. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, my, I guess my professional background, even personal, like I grew up and I was a, a dancer, but then I got into singing and acting. And so my original sort of dream for my life was to perform on Broadway. Um, I mean, and then it kind of in Australia, but like eventually New York. And so I did, I, I ended up with a professional career in musical theater in Australia, which was incredible. I was like, oh my goodness, like I'm one of the lucky few, but within, sounds terrible, but like a few weeks after opening night of my first big show, I just kind of was like, oh, like, is this, is this it? Like, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I had this career on a pedestal. I thought, well, actors get to be creative all the time. So it's going to like, it's the ultimate creative career. And then realize that like, it's actually not very creative. Once you're told what to do, you have to do the same thing eight times a week for a year or two in this show. And so that was one of the kind of like first moments of where the, the cracks started to show, I guess. Mm. And I also was dealing with like crippling anxiety at the time, which I wasn't sure if it was because I was in the wrong career. I didn't know if it was my personal life. Um, and I started to struggle with depression and a few, like I basically, I, I stuck it out in musical theater for a few years and then ended up getting to this point where I was offered another contract and just was like, I can't do this anymore. It's just something is missing. Something is wrong, but I don't know what it is. So I have to remove myself from the situation and just see what happens when I do that. And <laughs> over the next couple of years, it was beyond removing myself. It's like my life fell apart. Essentially. I had, I had no backup plan. I didn't know what I was, I'd never done anything except professional acting, which is like, it's a double-edged sword. Like people are like, right. wow, that's incredible. I'm like, yeah, but it also means I have no backup. I have no other skills really formal qualifications or anything. And so in that period, I kind of, it was like one thing after another of like, okay, I've got no career options. What am I going to do with my life? Um, my marriage fell apart. It was already not doing well, but it was just like, it all just happened at once. And then I also ended up like probably in a period of 12 months, I ended up getting sick and ending up in hospital. I had glandular fever and pneumonia and I was in hospital for 10 days and nearly died. <laughs> Oh I looked, I know I'm like laughing, but like, it was very serious at the time. I'm just like, how did this all happen? And well, don't you feel sometimes when you're actually reflecting back on the story where you're like, was this an actual like movie set that took yeah, place or if this was exactly. actually my real life? <laughs> Totally. Like it's yeah. such an out of body experience. Like I have flashbacks where I'm like, I remember my parents walking in while I was in the ICU and just like having this look on their faces of like, Oh, oh like this, this could be it. And I was like, yeah. no, no, no. Like, this is not it. Like I have not even started. So this is not how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. And I was told, I was, they were like, look, because you were as healthy as you were before you got sick and because of your age and your fitness levels and your determination, like you're able to get out of there, but they're like, if it's someone else, they might not have been as lucky because yeah, it was wow. not good. So, but that meant that I couldn't, like I had a casual job at the time. Like I'd gone back to working at movie world, a theme park um, that I like was where I first got my, like my first, like, I guess, performing gig. And um, I couldn't work for about, I think it was about eight weeks while I was sick and then another like eight weeks after um, being in hospital. Cause I was just so, I had no energy. I could barely stand up. And so I stopped, but I had all this credit card debt from when I was like just a mess <laughs> when I was, you know, working in musical theater, or, like one of my things was shopping. And I was like, I'm always going to have the money coming in. It's going to be fine. And then suddenly I wasn't earning any money <laughs> and it started to all pile up. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do this is disaster. Like the anxiety was getting even worse. And I had to make a really, really tough call. And I ended up filing for bankruptcy, which was wow. basically like the lowest moment of my entire life. Um, there was so much shame attached to that. Like I didn't tell anyone. It was only my family that knew I wouldn't tell even my best friend. Cause I was like, this is a sign of like the ultimate failure. Like I failed in marriage with my health. I failed in my career. And now I've mm -hmm. like the ultimate financial failure. And yeah, so it was, a, it was a, like dark time to say the least. Um, but it's just one of those classic moments that when 
everything falls away, it's suddenly it's like, well, you've got nothing left to lose at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe now you have an opportunity to start rebuilding something that you actually want because I wasn't going in the direction I, even though I thought I was, <laughs> I was on the right path. It wasn't bringing any sort of fulfillment and joy. Like I was not a happy person to be around. Um, so, which is a pretty good sign because I used to be known as like little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> and then people were starting to go like, are you naturally a depressive person? I was like, oh, God. like no, but wow, something is off if that's the vibe I'm giving off. So, right. yeah. so yeah, it was a blessing in disguise because I wasn't going in the direction I wanted to go. And I just kind of had this, yeah, I guess a period of just going, right, I've got nothing. What do I do? And so I just started with what I knew at the time. Um, I, you know, I realized that I still, I missed acting and performing, but I just wanted to do it a bit more on my terms. I want it to be creative again. And so I'd been watching, um, this, um, do you remember the Smash TV show? It was mm-hmm. like about putting on a Marilyn musical on Broadway mm-hmm. and yeah. that kind of, cause I used to be a Marilyn Monroe impersonator and I was like, maybe I could create my own like sort of like corporate gig create like a some sort of impersonation show and that ended up you know being a 12-month journey where I ended up creating like a cabaret show a ticketed cabaret show um which was like its own it's a whole different story but it, it was the thing that sparked everything like it was about seven or eight years ago now and that was the moment where I started to see oh hold on you're entrepreneurial like you're a producer you're a natural marketer and like you're really your eye like I found that I loved branding like branding and marketing the show was actually the most exciting satisfying mm-hmm. part of the whole experience like even beyond performing um, and that during that process I also met my partner who I'm with today and and he was also working in marketing like he was a designer and developer Um, like websites and branding and I was like I feel like our skill sets kind of like go together pretty well like maybe I should explore this thing and so like fast forward I got a job at an ad agency I ended up becoming a freelance copywriter and then ended up launching a YouTube channel which sort of led down me down the sort of like course creation path and then finally becoming a personal branding coach so it was this Quite, like none of it seemed connected at the time, but it's one of those things where 2020 hindsight, you're like, oh, every single experience gave me exactly what I needed to get to the next step and to have the skills that I needed today and the story to be able to connect with people and, and help people who might, might be going through something similar of just feeling very lost and like, I need to do more with my life, but I just don't even know where to start. And so that's kind of what drives me now. Wow. And I just love that because I feel like when we're going through really hard times, it's just no matter how many hard things you've gone through, it's still really hard in those hard times to have the clarity and the, oh yeah, okay, something good is going to come of this. Something good is going to come of this, right? Like, obviously, like you said, hindsight, of course, we can usually see and connect the dots after that, but it's such a positive reminder of how those hard times are in fact what are getting you like had they been happy 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 times this wouldn't have been the case right well, I'd be so- on a completely different path like it would have just totally. kept going in another direction yeah every totally. every mistake every sort of failure and disappointment it was a chance to course correct to learn something about myself or about the world and go cool this is now the next step that I need to take um, right. I was talking with my partner about this yesterday like we we naturally want entire plans handed to us. Like we want to know that like, okay, so this is where I'm going. This is exactly how I'm going to get here. Like here's the five-year plan. But the fact is like the way I got to what I'm doing today was one very small step at a time. And sometimes a couple of steps backwards, it was messy. It was imperfect. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was always just focusing on the next thing that I knew that I wanted to do. Um, And, you know, and like, I knew I wanted to create a show, but it's like, well, okay, how do you write a show? (laughs) I guess I'll just like come up with some songs and I'll write a bit of a script. And then I'm going to start finding some people to help me. And, you know, I did not have a big picture plan, but then that, you know, 12 months later, I had a show learned so much about producing things and, and running a, I mean, it was my first, I guess, experience of trying to be an entrepreneur and there were, it was, you know, in some ways it was a disaster. Financially, it was a disaster, <laughs> but like all of that experience it is now part of me and it's part of my toolkit. Um, and I bring that to, you know, to my coaching and, and to any, any conversation I'm able to like pull from all of these experiences. And I see that they were all a gift really. So what would you say, I know that when you are talking honestly and openly on your Instagram and on um, your YouTube um, videos that you started in and that type of thing, what would you say would be sort of your personal branding client? Whom would the 
people be who, because I feel like what I always want to do on this podcast is I always want to be able to just give real life examples. And I want my listeners to leave being like, wow, I learned something or wow, this Mm -hmm. is actually practical advice that I can actually apply to my own life, my own business. And sometimes when you hear coaching and consulting and Mm -hmm. branding and marketing and all of those words that are becoming so key, you're just seeing them splashed everywhere, (laughs) right? Um, Mm -hmm. And that's my industry too, being in marketing. Well, what is marketing and eventually- (laughs) Who has any Mm -hmm. idea, you know, like it's such a vague, broad kind of term that sometimes I feel like it's almost easy for people to kind of glaze over that, even if they might specifically be looking for that type of service, they don't even really know what they're looking for. So what would you say for yourself in the consulting and coaching and branding that you do for clients, Mm -hmm. whom, whom are the people that you are drawn to helping and engaging with? What can you do for them? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I guess because I'm someone I'm like, well, I believe that if we've been through something similar to our clients, like we're a few steps ahead, it always makes us so it's so much easier for us to help them also empathize with what they're going through. And so I do find that even though I've helped people, you know, I sometimes work with corporates and occasionally with people who are creating products, usually it's service based entrepreneurs. So people who are the actual faces of their business. Mm -hmm. And so people who are prepared to show up as themselves on social media and use their own story as well as their business's story because sometimes we might have like our personal brand with a business brand but they the Mm -hmm. two go hand in hand Um, and so like for instance I have you know mortgage brokers and and real estate agents are like a common thing because they're always like it's very much you're drawn to them as a person rather than their bigger picture brand Um, but I have you know therapists and other kinds of coaches copywriters you know website designers people are really just like usually showing up as solopreneurs but then maybe have a a team behind the scenes but they're not sort of branding themselves as an agency or something like that because it's a different approach and the reason I'm really drawn to them in particular is because I feel like we are, I mean, we are bombarded with marketing education and information these days, and it's always very strategy-based. And then I started to notice that just having that strategy and just that education piece wasn't solving the problem. Like we're ending up in information overload, total overwhelm, and it's not tackling the fact that we as solopreneurs, especially as personal brands, the imposter syndrome, the perfectionism, the money mindset, like all of those mental blocks and the identity level stuff that is actually getting in the way of us applying our strategy and showing up consistently and confidently. And so I really love helping people map out that strategy to, okay, position yourself, create like that expert status for yourself, but make sure that like you're also really unblocking yourself so that you feel so confident to be able to tell your story and to connect with your audience on a, a much more personal level than maybe what you felt comfortable doing before. Um, so it's, it's about increasing the visibility and really standing out in the crowded newsfeed um, and also bringing you to your brand, not trying to fit some cookie cutter molds that everyone else is telling you to do. Oh, you have to post this many times a day and you know, your feed needs to look like this and, you know, but just going, no, but what, who are you? And how do you want to show up in the world? And let's do it as, as I hate the word, it's so overused, but as authentically as possible so that the people who are supposed to work with you, they know immediately. Like the first time they land on your website or your Instagram feed, they go, thank you. Like I've been looking for you. Whereas if we're trying to fit some mold and do what everyone else is doing, they don't get to find that out. You're just one in a sea of so much competition. Um, so it's, yeah, it's really, I always say like branding is an inside job. Like we start with what's going on on the inside and figure all that stuff out. And then we just figure out how it should reflect on the outside. Oh my goodness. I love that so much. So when we are showing up and using our favorite word authentically, (laughs) when we are showing up authentically and we are trying our best, I feel like Sometimes we have good intentions of showing up in a way like we think, like you said, like we think we should, and Mm -hmm. the word should, oh, I've had so many conversations about the word should, Mm -hmm. Um, especially as this new year, like into the new year and we're into January and there's all this stuff about what we should and shouldn't be doing. And Mm -hmm. anyways, that's a whole nother episode, (laughs) Um, but (laughs) how do we actually dig into changing our mindset on 
showing up in a way that doesn't make us feel like we have have to have imposter syndrome or feel like we're questioning whether or not the things we're saying and writing and doing and being are not in fact our true selves. How do you, how does a person get to the point of feeling like they actually can just be mm-hmm. and show up as they are without feeling that there's this constant is this the right thing to do? Should I not have said that? Did I say too much? Did I say too mm-hmm. little? You know, like I think, especially as a women, I'll put us in that category. That's yeah. sort of like a natural part of, especially being an entrepreneur too, I think, where you're sort of having to give yourself your own self talks and you have mm-hmm. to like, you're talking internally a lot. I think most of us as entrepreneurs are doing that where sometimes yeah. the conversation isn't necessarily accurate because we're telling ourselves things that aren't necessarily there. So what is your, Mm -hmm. what's some of your mindset tips and strategies as you're meeting with people and for Mm -hmm. yourself, as you've worked through some of these really difficult things in your own life? Yeah. Oh my goodness. There's so many answers to this and there's so many layers to it. The first thing though, I will say, get comfortable with being uncomfortable (laughs) because it's never going to be easy in that like it's meant to be uncomfortable we're doing something that most people don't do we're trying to break the rules that you know society has set for us so it's going to be uncomfortable there's going to be resistance yes there are going to be people that judge you you have to be okay with it starting out like if you're if you're going to play it safe you're going to stay hidden and stuck you know and so that is my job is to get you unstuck because it's just so easy to hide and feel like well if I just stay here if I keep just hiding behind my website and working on this maybe this course until it's perfect then no one can judge me but it's like you're also not going to have an impact you're not going to make any money like if you're not going to last kind of thing so that's my tough love piece it needs to be on a t-shirt if you're going to play it safe you're going to stay stuck Yeah. Right. It it hurts, but like I had to, we all, we get through it. And like the other thing is like, it's going to circle back. Like you'll expand your comfort zone and then you'll be ready for a level up. Mm -hmm. And then you realize you have to expand it again. Right. I'm constantly going through this. I I recently had like a crippling case of imposter syndrome, like a month ago where I was like in a heap, like just going, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? Because I was in the process of leveling up again. And so instead where I used to kind of try and run away from it and get safe by getting away from it, now I'm like oh no like feel it learn from it what is it telling you is there something that you're doing you're not fully believing in like you know do you you, do you need some sort of validation or do you need to do some journaling and is it actually something that's triggering you that you can remove or you know there are so many things so I would say that yeah know that it's going to be uncomfortable but also start building a toolkit of how you're going to work through this stuff because it's a daily practice it's not a wait till it all starts burning to the ground type thing like if you wait till you're like every, it feels like your life is over we've got problems so like what's your daily practice there's not really a finish line to it either right like exactly. I think I think it's easy to think and I have gone through waves of this constantly in my life too mm-hmm. where I would sometimes get it into my head where there's sort of there, oh, there should be a point where all of a sudden everything just feels really great and just wonderful. Falls and into perfect. place and you start cruising. Yeah. <laughs> the skies open up and the birds yeah. are singing, the right? The butterflies and the rainbow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Communicate with the animals around you. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That you would know? be amazing, but it's not a Disney movie. So. That's right. It is not a Disney movie. And I think that that's, I think right there, a block sometimes that can come mm-hmm. up too. I know it has for myself where I'm like, okay, well, this will feel better when this happens. Okay. Well, we'll mm-hmm. just wait for this to happen or this to happen. And yes. you realize when you get stuck in a pattern like that for, I've had periods of time where that's been a lengthier pattern than others, where mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm like, okay, like six months or a year has gone by. And I'm like, hold up. This is not actually ever going to end this cycle of what is happening right now. If there isn't some kind of that approach, not if yeah, you're waiting for the thing, like waiting to feel a certain way before you do this thing or expecting something to happen. It's like, no, how do we make every single day work for us? You know, even if you're not feeling ready, like how can I just commit to showing up and taking that imperfect action? And I'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to let you in on something really special. Just like you, I value my health and am so grateful for the team at Holistic Physiotherapy and Wellness right here in Saskatoon. Not only do they have an incredible clinic, but also offer telehealth virtual appointment options for anyone across Saskatchewan. I have had virtual physio and naturopathic appointments in these last few months, and they have been game changers for me, all from the comfort of my own home. And 
right now they are offering 10% off any Pilates package and subscription in person and online with unlimited use from right now in January until the end of March. And as a listener of Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast, you can also receive $10 off any of their core health services in person or virtual telehealth. They have naturopathic medicine, chiropractic, physiotherapy, pelvic floor physiotherapy, massage therapy, yoga therapy. Book online today at holisticphysiowellness.ca and use the code CELEBRATE10 or you can call the clinic at 306-373-0060 because this is your year to take care of you and feel your best. Doing that, I love calling it like the 1% work because that is where I've seen the results is like seeing that in time, you know, I look back after two years of work, it was the tiny things that I did consistently that led to the big results. It wasn't that one big launch or that, that fancy website rebrand that just changed everything for me. It was getting to know my clients. It was working with people, getting testimonials and understanding them better and then applying that and making these tiny tweaks. Um, so I think that's like what you like that's kind of part two is what you're saying is like, it's not about these milestone moments. It's just kind of committing to the small things and knowing it won't always feel easy or good, but that's probably a sign that you're doing the right thing if it's uncomfortable. <laughs> when but you knowing the difference most, between, yeah. <laughs> when you feel you're most uncomfortable, you are on yeah. the right track. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Love it. Um, and then I would say another thing is we, we very much get so in our heads and so self-conscious, like it all becomes about our ego and that's a really dangerous place to be because our egos are very fragile. So it's really important to flip it around and remember personal branding, it's actually not about you. It's about connecting with your audience. It's about what they need from you. So we then have to start running through like a filter with what we're creating because we can't trust ourselves to feel good about it. It's like, no, hold on. What with this, what my audience needs. And so my, my two questions I'm always asking, especially when it comes to storytelling and sharing your own stuff, because that's the scary stuff is like, how much of me do I share? Like, is this going to make me look less professional? Like, where do I draw the line? Ask these questions. Like, what does your audience need to know about you in order to really trust you as that professional who's credible qualified like an authority in your space so what from you you know what experience do you have what qualifications what social proof you know those are the things we need to share to establish ourselves as an expert but then also what does your audience want to know about you so that they're going to like you as a human being because keeping in mind we hire humans like we don't hire services you know even if you're getting the plumbing done you're still wanting to find a plumber that you like and trust and you're like oh that's a that's a good bloke. I'm, I'm happy to hand him my money. Yes. Cause like, yes, did a great job, but the whole experience was pleasant. So just keep in mind that people are looking for connection. So you don't have to share all of your messy stuff. But I realized that part of my, cause I'm obviously not sharing every nitty gritty detail of my, my background when I share my, my, my signature story, yeah. you know, but I'm going cool. Which parts of these are going to resonate with my audience so that they can see, I can really empathize with people who are going through a whole bunch of different things of like identity crises and, you know, having to start over or feeling like you've failed or feeling like it's too late. So I'm going to share those elements, but then I can also look at ways of layering on, but then, you know, I, I did these things and look, I have this many, I managed to build my YouTube channel from zero to 9,000 subscribers in this amount of time. And, and, you know, my podcast has landed me this many clients. Like I'm thinking about how I can also just show that I'm an, I'm an expert at what I do. Um, so it's that, what do they need to know? And what do they want to know about you um, and put it on your audience. And if you're ever not sure, like you have conversations like with people, especially if you have some clients who've worked with you, you know, ask them what drew them to you in the first place. It's a perfect place to start. If you've got dream clients where you're like, oh, this was just such a nice experience working with them. They got great results from whatever I did. Talk to them first and go like, what was it about me? What did you like about the experience the most? Like, what did you like learning about me? What was it about my Instagram feed? And that's a really good starting point. And if it's, if you don't have existing clients, you can do this with people who you think fit that profile. You're like, oh, that would be a dream client. Like she just ticks all of the boxes get on a call with them. Like I, I still do this for myself is I, I get on calls with people and just ask them questions. What are you struggling with? What do you need to know? What are you sick about? 
hearing about the industry? Like, what do you, you know, like where you see all these influences going blah, blah, blah about something? What really irks you so that I can position myself to, to zig where other people are zagging? Right. Um, and so this, this helps because it takes it off us and it then gives you this level of trust. Of like, well, someone else has already clarified that I need this, in, they need this information. So maybe I'm going to start there. And then you start to build your confidence. You start to color out the side the lines, but it doesn't have to happen all at once. Like I said, it's like that 1% work of like, okay, I'm just going to make myself a little bit more uncomfortable tomorrow and so on and so forth. I love that. So you have some practical, um, strategies and advice that you mm-hmm. speak about on your social and, um, and on your website as well. And you use the term, get clear, get seen, get heard, get paid mm-hmm. and repeat. Yes. And I think that is so brilliant because it's so easy to follow and it just, all the words just make sense. So I would love for you to elaborate on this a little bit and yeah. how you came up with this idea and realized sort of just these, like, like you said, these 1% of like simple steps that you're kind of taking in order to get where you want to go, rather than thinking I have to get there tomorrow. And I should have already <laughs> had this all figured out 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy to put that pressure on yourself. And, but then I look back and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Some of these things take time, but then I also see where I wasted so much time because I skipped steps and I tried to jump ahead and do certain things. Like for instance, we all want followers. Everyone's like, I need more followers. How do I get more followers? But maybe they've, they don't even know who they want those followers to be and where they're going to take those followers after they start following you. Right. So that's why I was like, there needs to be a framework. These things happen in a certain order, but then there's this constant revisiting the process to make sure it's still in alignment and it's still getting you the results that you want. So, I mean, the get clear is the part that's probably everyone's like, it's the most boring. It's where everyone wants to skip because you have to do that internal work of really questioning things like, you know, what do I want to even achieve? Who are the people that I want to attract? How am I improving their life in some way? Because it, like, there needs to be some sort of value add there or how do you expect them to pay you to do something, you know, for them? Um, and how are you going to really stand out you know, what, what do you stand for that's different from, you know, everyone else that you're seeing out there? Um, and so really, and then this is where we also dive into your backstory. So, you know, what from your story can we be using in order to really resonate with your audience and make sure that it's obvious that you're not only qualified to do this thing, but you're an awesome human being who has these values that really connect with your audience's values. So this work takes a little bit of time and it can be a bit frustrating because you don't see the results straight away, but trust me, like these are the foundations for everything else you do. Like it's, it's the compass really that's going to guide you through the rest of your like branding and marketing journey. Um, get seen is pretty like this is the one everyone's excited about it's like cool like how do I put myself in front of these people that I want to attract how do I make sure I'm you know I'm, I become that person that you see everywhere for, and who becomes known as an expert so we're talking thinking about your visibility strategy okay so where where do you want to show up what platforms do you want to be on like what what is going to be your platform if you're going to borrow other people's audiences like who who are those people that you want to borrow from you know you're going to be featured on other podcasts you end up wanting to speak on on stages and not trying to do everything, but picking, choosing your battles, going, okay, I'm going to have one clear strategy for my own content. You know, I, I always say like, you want a hero strategy, like a hero platform where you have your highest value content that can stand the test of time, which is usually like a podcast, a YouTube channel or a blog. Then you're going to have your helper platform, which is going to be your main social media platform. It's you're going to use it to send traffic back to your hero platform, but you're also going to use it to connect with your audience. And that's where you're showing up and doing that 1% daily work of just being seen, getting known, having conversations, learning about your audience. Um, And then you can always have sort of supporter strategies where you're borrowing other people's, um, you know, things. And then it's about first impressions as well. So making sure that, okay, when people first land on your website or on one of your platforms, do they get that immediate idea of who you are, what you stand for and who you're helping? So just making sure that visibly, um, so with your visual branding, but also, you know, things like your elevator pitch, the way you introduce yourself, they're all on point so that you're ready when the traffic starts to find you because it will, if you're consistent and you have a strategy, eventually you will grow your audience, but you got to make sure that when they find you, they're going to stick around. Um, so that's get seen. Uh, did you have any questions before I go on? Cause I talked. No, fast. that's <laughs> great. I love how, like I said, I love how simple 
the steps are, but you're totally right. Like, I think sometimes we all just, we want to figure it out yesterday rather than actually doing these little steps. And I can't tell you, this has happened to me in my own career as well as I've pivoted in different um, clients and different types of projects that I sort of felt interested in and what I wanted to take on where I went through years of feeling like I don't actually know where I'm actually leading the people that I say I want to have come follow me. Where are they even going? I have no idea what that is, you know? And I hear so many people say that to me all the time when your get clear and uh, stuff is exactly that. But that is hard work to figure that out. And that right there doesn't have to be figured out yesterday, but that's kind of the base of your whole business. And if you don't have that figured out, then you're kind of just going to be in a windy road for the whole rest of your journey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, it's like having an audience is great. Like I know some people, they, they, they built an email list or they have this Instagram following, but they don't even know how they're monetizing what they're doing or how to get them to the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got it. We sort of have to reverse engineer it in a way where we go, what, what's the big picture thing in the future that we want to achieve? Okay. What are the, how do we break this down into bite-sized steps and start tackling it? And all some of this is going to be working at the same time. It's not like you have to take a year to just like get clear on things before you start doing like there's there's always the quick wins and then there's the the slow burn stuff so absolutely you can land clients immediately as long as you have some sort of offering for them you know and you don't need an email list or an instagram following to get paid to do you know what you're really good at Um, but if you want to make it really sustainable and get out of that feast or famine thing like oh no i don't know where the next leads are coming from that's where doing all of this long-term work comes in so it's about you know short game and long game um the get heard phase is this is where we go a bit deeper and again this is probably where a lot of people get get lost or just get off track because we get caught up in what everyone else is saying everyone else is talking about and we're not really thinking about doing the brave thing and actually having an opinion and Mm -hmm. setting ourselves like being actually saying what we believe Um, you know there's you know something to be said for having polarizing opinions and having something different to talk about than, than everyone else in your niche is talking about, or just at least a different angle. Um, so here is where we're thinking, okay, so what are the, what are those go-to topics that you want to cover? Like if you're going to be on a, on a podcast, for instance, on someone else's podcast, what are those couple of things that you're, you're happy to talk about? And you, because you want to be repetitive. We forget, we think that, oh, I've told this story before. I've talked about this topic before. And now I need to find something new. But if you're in, on someone else's platform, they've never heard from you before. So you, need to be using your signature story and your signature go-to topics to talk about so that you keep establishing yourself as an expert like I now pop up all over the internet as a personal branding coach because I've been consistent enough in talking about my go-to topics whereas if I try to talk about all the 250 things that I'm interested in you know I would yeah I'd pop up but people would be a little bit confused about whether I'm an expert in any one of those particular things so it's really about consistency consistency in your messaging but then also going yeah a little bit beyond that and going okay how am I going to position myself as a thought leader and I know that's a scary term and people oh but I don't want to be a TEDx speaker or anything you know like Thought leadership is just you really showing up and having an opinion and being an expert. Like if you're on social media, if you're sharing content on any platform, that is a form of thought leadership, but you want to do it intentionally. So you can actually leverage, you know, all of that work that you're doing rather than just, you know, posting haphazardly. Um, So coming up with some, some angles, some very strong opinions is, is really important, even though it's a little bit scary. Um, (laughs) And then you get to move on to the fun part, which is getting paid, Um, which, as I said, it can be happening all the way along, but in my sort of framework of get paid, it's about going a little bit deeper, being very intentional with your client journey, knowing, okay, so this is what it looks like. This is where people typically discover me. This is, these are all the points of contact they're going to have with me. This is the point where they might apply to work with me or purchase something. This is the aftercare. This is the next step. You know, like if I want them to become a repeat customer or a client, here's the offering that I have to continue that journey. If I want to turn them into a referral partner or an affiliate partner, here's how I'm going to do that so that we don't just think about our customer as that person who just like clicks checkout and off they go or who buys a website from us and then we never see them again we want to think how can we serve them for life whether they keep paying us or they end up becoming super fans for us so that that client journey is absolutely huge and making them feel seen and heard and loved like really appreciated is is a big piece of the puzzle that a lot of I think some people just do so well 
and they just do it naturally. And that's maybe their personality type is to be like that over deliverer, but then it doesn't always come naturally. Sometimes we're so focused on the work, like, well, I did a great job. They've got this incredible website or they love their photos, but it's that wow factor sometimes that really gets them going and leaving those amazing reviews and telling everyone they know about you. So we can go beyond. Um, and then the next step as well is just to think about, is there a way of automating some of this? Like it's, I know it's the scary, scary term of like sales funnel, but you know, how much of this process can be streamlined, systemized and automated so that you do have leads coming in while you're sleeping. It doesn't rely on you just being face-to-face and talking to people, but people can discover a piece of content fill out an application form or sign up for your email list. And then they're going to start getting the next pieces of contact from you. It's not to remove you from the process, like depending on the business model, obviously sometimes it's going to be very hands-on. There's not much you can automate, but there are still certain things. Um, And so this is such a powerful thing because again, longevity, knowing that the leads are going to keep coming, even if you have a month where you're a little bit busy and maybe you weren't on social media as much, but people are finding your YouTube videos or the podcast interviews you did and are still filling out applications forms to work with you so um, it's a huge step Um, and it can take time it's not something that you just like slap together there's like you know strategy pieces where we can immediately make tweaks but building out a you know a proper sales funnel strategy can can also take a lot of work Um, but it doesn't have to be overcomplicated and like sleazy and click funnelsy like it's not at all about that it's about integrity um, and just trying to serve your clients to your highest and your best um, and making sure they're with you for a really long time. I love that. And I feel like what I hear you saying too, is part of this just sounds like dedicating time to this, (laughs) right? Like, I think that that's sometimes the step where lots of us miss that part where it's like, we're supposed to somehow be, you're, you're working. And I I fully understand because I have been in this sort of tornado up -hmm. and down throughout my nearly 20 year career where you're, wanting to do all of the work for whether you have a few clients or lots of clients, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter because when you only have a few, then sometimes you feel like you want to pay more attention to them because you're wanting to make yeah. sure that they're not. So then you're spending maybe more time than you maybe are, should a lot to that based on what you're getting paid or not getting paid yeah. or whatever the case may be. And really it just comes down to like working in your business and mm-hmm. working on your business, yeah. which are two different things. And it's so hard to juggle that all that there's times where, you know, like, of course, service serving the client is the ultimate, okay, the client is here. You want to make sure that they are happy and that everything is good. But then there's so many other pieces that I think that that's where that overwhelm can come in, right? Absolutely. This, how do I do it all? But I love the bite-sized pieces that you put that into because that's all we can do. We're all just human and we all have the same amount of hours in a day, right? (laughs) Exactly. And, but we are, we're, we're like bombarded with like, you need this strategy and you need to do this. And the more times you post on Instagram, the more leads you're going to get. And so there's this information that makes us feel like, oh my gosh, like content creation and marketing is like a full-time job, but we, we don't as service providers, especially as solopreneurs, we cannot make it a full-time job, which is why we cannot be on all the platforms. Like we've got to be really smart with the content we're putting out. We can't just put content out for the sake of it. We want to make sure that the content works really hard for us, that it's evergreen, that it's not just fluffy and it's going to you know, die a few days later. Um, and so that's why having this strategy in place and, and looking for ways to automate and systematize things um, and potentially really look at, okay, where can are there unbillable hours? Are there things like slipping through the cracks in a week where if I could just like grab those like three hours that I was wasting, you know, a simple example is, you know, got, doing extremely um, involved and highly customized quotes instead of trying to pre-productize some of your services and go, how can I package this up mm-hmm. so that the proposal process is as simple as possible? Because I was someone who every single copywriting proposal I used to send out, I'd agonize over it and it, like down to the last, I was like, so this page would probably have this many words. And I was like, hold on, this isn't helping my client in any way. Like they're happy to go A, B, or C. Mm-hmm. Usually we can always have that disclaimer of like, okay, obviously, obviously if you've got a huge job and it's very customized, we'll do something up. But most people only need this, this, or this. So let's pre-package it, make it easy for the client to decide. And you can give that recommendation of, oh, based on your story, I think you're probably going to suit package B the best. Um, you know, and you can say hours every week, just not agonizing over those proposals and then put that work into automating your your sales funnel or, you know, doing some of that clarity work or doing some 
in podcast interviews on someone else's podcast. So, you know, there, there are hours, but obviously there are limited. So we've got to use them wisely. Um, and being on five different social media platforms and trying to, you know, post three videos a week on, on YouTube <laughs> while doing Facebook lives, while emailing your list is not practical. People who are doing that have marketing teams working for them. You know, we need to not be comparing our strategy with someone who does have a team working behind the scenes. Mm. We need, like it's minimum viable marketing <laughs> that we need to do. The magic of Instagram where it looks like these people are doing it all by themselves, <laughs> right? And then yep. people like us who are doing a lot of it ourselves and don't have big teams. Yeah, it's easy to get in your head about it, but that's not reality. It's This is not a Disney movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, it, look, it's exactly what like this, the repeat stage is like uh, the reason I built it in is it's very easy to want to just do more, more, more if you're not sure where the results are coming from mm-hmm. and you're not sure, like, yeah, you're kind of just like putting stuff out there and going, oh, well, I'm getting some clients, but like, I'm not sure if it was from my email or it's from Google or, so you just keep doing all of the things. But in this repeat stage, we really, we're making sure we're tracking where every single lead is coming from and we're looking, okay, so I posted that thing on Instagram and then I actually got this many clicks to my website that day. Oh, interesting. Oh, it seems that this many people are, you know, coming to me from Google. Google and to like, you know, something as simple as putting in a, a question in your intake form or your contact form of like, how did you hear about me? And if it was Google, what did you type in to find me? This right. information helps us to start revisiting the plan and going, hmm, Instagram actually, funnily enough, as much as I love Instagram, it does not seem to be directly leading to any clients. Maybe it's not about cutting it out, but maybe I cut back. Maybe I only need to post once a week and then I just have some DM conversations, you know, and then suddenly save yourself two hours a week. Um, So yeah, really looking at that, learning to understand the data, the analytics as, as like, it sounds overwhelming and technical, but there are only certain things you need to be tracking. And if you can see where everything's coming from, you can kind of connect a return on investment to your t- to your time and your efforts. And, you know, if you can say, oh, wow, like SEO, for instance, search engine optimization is actually bringing me some really high quality leads. Maybe it's time that I brought someone on to help. You know, I I hired a copywriter to write two blogs a month that are optimized for search because I can see I'm just, you know, just with one client, I'm going to cover, you know, three months worth of blog articles, like obviously depending on what your your offering is. So repeat is really about doing that, but then always also touching back base with, okay, am I, am I loving the clients that I'm working with? Are they getting the results that I want them to get? Am I in the right niche? Is there anything, or am I attracting people who are just not quite the right fit? Oh, interesting. Let's go back to the clarity step and see what might be out of place. Why am I attracting this kind of person instead of this kind of person? And then we work back through the process because obviously if your niche changes or you realized your, your messaging is resonating with the wrong kind of client, then you need to maybe revisit your content strategy and maybe you're getting on the wrong podcast. Maybe like your, your people are listening to a different podcast or they're, maybe they're not really on YouTube and they prefer podcasts, um, you know, listening to podcasts as a form of that. So really educating yourself and being prepared to deal with some, sometimes it's like the painful truth. Like, you know, anytime we ask for feedback from our audience, it can be like, oh, do I want to know this? Like, you know, and say with asking your clients, you know, how did you find the experience? What could be what it could have been better you know how could I have educated you more or held your hand better through the process like asking those things allows us to take the whole client experience to the next level it teaches us about how we need to be showing up on you know in social media we need to find out like are we showing up the same way on social media as we do for our clients is that or is it out of alignment um so it's it's look it's an ongoing process but again I think when you have a framework least you can just break it down and it just doesn't become this giant mountain that you're trying to to tackle and it's just like cool what is the strategy how many hours a week am I going to dedicate to it and then just start implementing it and getting out of your own head about it this is so brilliant and getting out of your own head that's kind of the number one place to start and then everything (laughs) else can just float from there (laughs) exactly we are our own worst enemies and it's so funny most client most marketers we're our own worst clients as well because it's so easy to give the advice and then you look back on your own business and you're like what am i doing oh my goodness why am i not implementing this here totally Oh my goodness, Kay, this has been so much fun. I want to ask you a few speed questions to wrap up our interview. I could talk to you for months worth of episodes because you just have such brilliance in messaging and talking about this. So thank you for sharing these amazing tips and sharing so openly um, with us today. Oh, my pleasure. Um, Okay, so like we said before, 
learning little tidbits, fun tidbits about mm-hmm. people's lives, especially Instagram gives you this illusion that you know somebody when you actually don't really know them, but that's sort of our whole thing, right? We're trying yeah. to like elude this persona of like, Hey, yeah, you actually know me, even though we're not best friends and we don't <laughs> hang out all the time, but mm-hmm. we're going to learn about you today. Yes. Um, okay. So what book are you currently reading? Oh gosh, I'm actually reading about five. Um, <laughs> I do that too. <laughs> okay, the first one that popped into mind, I just started uh, reading Beyond Mars and Venus. It's the 25 years later, they've rewritten Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus based on today, like society today. Yeah. So it looks incredible cool. so far. So I'm excited about that one. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. I'm definitely going to add that to my list. Mm. Um, are you a coffee drinker? And what is your coffee order? Yes, I do love coffee. Right now, it's an iced latte with a shot of caramel because it's very hot outside, but otherwise it would be a cappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um, what is the theme song of your life? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, don't Stop Me Now, Queen. Oh, good one. <laughs> I feel like that question could be asked every single day with a different answer based on what is now. Oh my gosh, totally. This, right? Although this one is one of my ones for even when I was a kid. So I'm like, I feel like it's, it's reliable. I always circle back to it. Standing the test of time. Yeah. Um, what is your go-to junk food? Uh, Doritos and guacamole. Oh, good one. Mm. When was the last time that you really, truly laughed? And what was so funny? (laughs) Be honest. (laughs) It was, oh God, my mom's going to kill me. I (laughs) I was hanging out with my mom last night and she showed me a photo of her partner who was wrapped in a plastic bag that says, this one's a keeper. <laughs> she swears to me he was wearing clothes underneath. And I was like, I don't even, just let's move We're on. We're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> and he looked so proud of himself. Like his, the look on his face, it was, it was priceless. So that was a belly laugh. Oh, I love it. Um, where is your favorite travel destination? It would be Italy. Um, yeah, I'm pretty lucky. My partner's Italian. We go there every year and we're going to be moving there soon. It's like, I just feel like every five kilometers, you discover something else magical that you've not seen before. That's different to the previous. Like, it's just, there's so much history and art and yeah, it's, and the, let's not even talk about the food and the wine. Yeah, so. We won't even get started on all that. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been absolutely delightful and I just appreciate how open you've been and sharing your story and you are just a light. So thank you. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, which is supported by the Ministry of Highways. You know me, and winter is not my favorite season, but I am so grateful for our highway workers who operate our snow plows to keep our highways as safe as they can be, despite our awful winter weather. Did you know that snow plows pull over every 10 to 15 kilometers for you to pass safely? This means that even if you are as impatient as I am, you know that you are giving the snow plow some space in order to pass safely, which keeps everyone safe on the roads. When passing, treat snow plows the same way you would an emergency vehicle. If a plow is pulled over and has its lights flashing, slow to 60 kilometers and pass with caution. Always check the Saskatchewan Highway Hotline before traveling. Take your time, be patient, and stay safe. Visit saskatchewan.ca slash snowzone for more information. This show would not be possible without you, my incredible listeners. It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe to Celebrating Simple Life on Apple Podcasts or download and listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you choose to listen. If you really want to make my day, leave a review. These reviews, ratings, and sharing screenshots of podcast episodes that were engaging for you on your Instagram stories and tagging friends that you think should hear the episode too really helps the podcast grow. It makes me so happy that I often select reviews to read on the show. And if yours is chosen, you will receive a special gift from me. Thank you for being a part of my mission to connect stories of business and life. Cheers to celebrating simple life.